Greetings and welcome everybody back to another episode of the Decision Hour. I am your host, Adam Bird, and with me I got my buddy John. John, how are you? I'm doing freaking awesome. <laughs> freaking, I love it. <laughs> oh, I love it. Most excellent, oh, sir. I love it. I love it. Listen, we um when you listen to this episode, it's actually been a couple of weeks since we've recorded. Um because Adam's been out and about trying to, uh, I don't know, Adam's been, Adam's been doing something. We're trying to figure out what it is, but we're, we're back at it. And, um, yeah, man, we, we're going to continue on this series that we've been doing for the last, I don't know, it's a couple months now, uh, of yeah. let's have a conversation. And it really just, it, it, we, again, we initially said, Oh, we'll do like five episodes. I think we're up to like nine uh, eight or nine uh, of these episodes right now, and today is is no different. It's a, it's a very important topic that we're talking about, and I think we're going to be discussing uh, free speech. And and but it's I'm going to say free speech with a twist. That's how I'm going to say it. John, why don't you enlighten everybody? Yeah, so I'm sure that I, I, there's probably not a person in America who hasn't heard about the case of Lieutenant Colonel Stu Scheller. Uh, United States Marine Corps, uh, and what is going on with him. He's, he's the young Lieutenant Colonel who um, made a video critical of um, uh, essentially senior leaders not being held accountable for the debacle in Afghanistan. Right. And made, I want to say four, maybe five, you, you know, complete, I mean, total videos. There was like three or four to that. And along the way, he kept being told basically to shut up. They, he was a battalion commander. They, they removed him from command, um, you know, and, and ultimately they brought him up on, on charges. They're going to court martial him. Uh, they put a gag order on him. He uh, broke, broke the gag order. And that's why he ended up in, in pretrial confinement. He was supposed to have a, a hearing on Tuesday, which actually today's Tuesday. So it would be, today that he's having that hearing so that's who he is everybody's got an opinion on it um but i i made a video last week when i noticed that that the marine corps had a big problem and it's not just Stu sheller and and having to deal with this guy in the ranks who's who's not playing ball. If you watched uh, the, the hearings with the military leaders, his name got brought up three, four times yeah. by congressional members who are obviously concerned about what they're looking at as a political prisoner. And so I, I did a video on that, but I, subsequently I saw a Fox News panel talking about it they were talking about Stu Scheller. Now, there's a lot of misunderstandings that civilians aren't getting uh, about this as well. And we might talk about that a little bit, but it segued into what is happening with free speech in this in this nation. Mm -hmm. And uh, in this Fox News uh, panel discussion I saw, um, they referenced a former Fox reporter who was fired for calling out Fox Corporation for muzzling her so she loses her job and you know what 
and it brought up the larger question of what is happening to, happening to free speech in the country. But I thought we'd start off by discussing Stu Scheller's situation and what's happened and just kind of roll that one around a little bit because I know the listeners are interested in the subject. Yeah, so, and I just, my resource that I have with the Scheller case, I just asked for an update because um, this particular individual, my, my source is lobbying for him. Working with him, I should say. Um, And there's no updates yet, even though this stuff's supposed to happen. So it it hasn't been an update on, you know, we know that he's in, you know, confinement down in what? Lejeune. Down in Lejeune, yeah. Yeah. So I want to take it a step back because you you said this lieutenant colonel comes out with these videos basically calling out. Uh, the way that Afghanistan was ha- handled and how the higher ups weren't being held accountable. First off, right. Kudos. Sure. At the same time, what were you thinking? <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? It, we, we've, we've been in uniform before, so we know that there's a certain do's and don'ts of what you, what you shouldn't and shouldn't do. Do I think that right. this had to happen this way? Yeah, I think somebody. I, I I say kudos to him because he was, he had the brass cojones to come out and speak out about it. Um, did he break the rules? Yeah, he he did, and there's something to be said ab- about that as well. But hadn't he done this, I think this would have been swept under the rug. Nobody would be held accountable, and and we're not sure it's still too early in the game to see if anybody's going to be held accountable or not uh, with the exception of, of him. So yeah. I, I think it had to happen. That being said, how he went about it, you know, that we're, we're saying, you know, today's topic is free speech. When you're in the military, you don't, there's no such thing as free speech when you're in uniform. It's definitely, yeah, you definitely have some restrictions, right? So just right. to, just to clarify for, anybody who may not be familiar, um, you're not allowed in the United States military to be in uniform because you're essentially representing your service at that point and acting in official capacity. You're not allowed to to do that while doing something political. Right. And, And that's a very broad statement, but yeah, the first thing he did wrong from the Marine Corps point of view is uh, he was in uniform in his office making a video uh, calling out senior leaders. Now, I've not seen any, I have not heard him say anything in one of his videos that I don't think I've heard him say anything that I've, that I found to be uh, a lie or that I found to be misleading something that I wasn't, yeah, that I wasn't at least thinking Um and that's the connection to public opinion. And that's the connection to Congress is Congress is saying, hey, this and the American people are looking at the situation and they're like, this guy is asking the very questions that Congress members are asking. He's asking the very questions that mom and dad are asking back in Iowa. You know, they they have this the same um questions in their mind and yet this guy's in jail for it what in the hell is going on when the united states military is keeping a political prisoner 
this is from the public's point of view. Define political and that's prisoner. how I, go, go 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 back for a second. You say political prisoner. What do you mean by that? I I mean that somebody is in prison for essentially being a a dissent uh, a dissenter, someone who is um who holds a belief or is being vocal about certain beliefs uh, and is silenced, put in prison because of it. I'm, now, I'm not saying that I necessarily think that. I haven't really thought about it that much, but that's what it looks like right. to the average guy on the street. That's what it looks like. He's not the first. Here's the thing that bothers me about this. He's getting... I mean, they're, they're chapter 32, court-martial, right? The UCMJ. Right. He's getting, he is up full, for. Full-blown um, court-martial. Court All right, yeah, he's, right. He hasn't been court-martialed yet. Let me back up. He has not been court-martialed yet. He is going to trial to, for, for a court-martial. There was, and he was made an offer. He turned that offer down, rightfully so. It was a, a, a bogus offer. It was something along the lines of, you know, you get out and you lose all your benefits and we give you a general discharge. That was, that's really not much of an offer when you look at the, the, the time no, it's of not. service that he has uh, in. Furthermore, you have a gentleman who, you know, it, there's, God, there's so many things to this, John. I'm trying to, he came out, called out his, his, his superiors and, and, and rightfully so. It was how things were handled I'm I can think of at least a dozen guys right now that if you ask them, they would all pat him on the back. They're like, I wish I could have done something like that. There are so many people that wish they could have done something like that. You look at the higher ups, and it's not just the Marine Corps, although this is the example that we have put in front of us right now, but this isn't the first time that we've seen people use social media that were in uniform. Uh, to state a political opinion of one factor or the other. You look at the sergeant major of the Army um, within the last six, eight months now, uh, came out and, and, and spoke politically. Had that been myself as an E-5 or anybody else, we wouldn't would be out of the military. But it's okay for, for the senior leaders to, to do it. So it's, it's one of these do-as-I-say not as I do, but in the military side of things, it's like we've always been taught, you know, leadership. You know, you're supposed to lead by example. I think, and I'm going to go out on a very large limb here, I think what the lieutenant colonel did from a leader's perspective, he did, a, he did the right thing. I think he needed to call out. And, 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 and here's why I say that, because because I know there's people like, you're freaking nuts it had to be done because otherwise certain stuff like this has to happen from time to time in order for people to see what's really going on and that's how change is made so i i i agree with you and i'm i'm basing my comments off of what i've seen mm -hmm. the videos i've seen and the news i've seen on the case you know i don't have some deep connection i mean i think i was believe it or not i think i was already facebook friends with the guy but i really don't know the guy um but he's 
I think he's going to be a Julian Assange slash Edward Snowden kind of a figure. So no matter which way this thing goes, and, and I do know enough about the military legal system to state that the government does not bring a court martial unless it's locked up. They got you. Well, they don't bring so, one. So look at it. What did he did he did he do things that were, were court martial worthy? Absolutely. He still broke. So, there's, there's no listen. Regardless of what you, what Adam and John think or anybody else for that matter, he still. And, and we could sit here and and I'll say the word praise, and not that we're praising him, but I'll say I'll say it that we we praised him for for blowing the whistle on the on his on the higher ups for the debacle that we saw in Afghanistan. Yeah, he still broke the rules. Yeah, and, and just to clarify, because some people may not know what rules he, he broke, uh, one that he is being charged with is Article 92, failure to obey a lawful order. The lawful order was the gag order yeah. um, that he broke. And uh, I, that's at least one. That, and that was orchestrated. We'll get into that in a second. But that's one. What was the other? What were some of the other ones? Uh, the other is, um, uh, I forgot what the article number is. I want to say it's 130, but it... it don't quote me on that, but it was uh, basically being disrespectful to a senior official. But 92 on itself, Article 92 is what's called a serious offense, which by definition means that it is court-martialable. Right. So, so the, even if he was only charged with 92, he would still be uh, potentially in a situation where... So, uh, so, the, so the gag order, I have it on yeah. good conscience through, through a reliable source not that i'm trying to sound like a mainstream media person or anything like that but i have a, a reliable source that's close to the to this case and when i heard about the gag order being broken my initial thought was you dumb dude like why why would you do that dumb 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 until i heard the explanation the gag he broke the gag order a day before a congressional hearing on the Hill, and I forget what what hearing it was. I think it was the congressional hearing with the other with the with the generals. The generals, yeah. And in doing in breaking that gag order, they ended up talking about him in that congressional hearing, and his name was brought up. I think, believe you said like four or five times in that hearing. So there was, yeah, it was breaking that gag order was was one could argue i'm not saying one way or the other one could argue that it was orchestrated that he knew he was going to get that gag order he also knew when the congressional hearing was going to be because of his rank and when that stuff was scheduled so he broke the gag order on purpose to ensure that they that that, that this particular case his case was brought up in front of congress at the time Right. You know, I think it's important to note, and I've had some discussions with some friends of mine who I have a tremendous amount of respect for, uh, who disagreed with me on a few points uh, surrounding this case. But um, one guy, basically, you never know the whole story. We don't really know what his motivation, we don't really know what his motivations were. We don't, you know, we, we don't really know um and so it's kind of important to acknowledge that and say yeah i, 
based on what I see, this is what I think, but I know that I'm not seeing the whole kit and caboodle here. Right. Um, yeah. And, and so what John and I are talking about, you know, again, today's topic is free speech. What does this have to do with free speech? When you're in the military, there's certain rules that you have to abide by. It's called the UCMJ, Uniform Code of Military Justice. It goes through all branches. And I don't want to say it's a gag order, but there's certain things that you cannot do while in uniform because you represent, as John mentioned earlier, you're representing that branch. Now, that being said, if you are in your civilian clothes and you're after hours and you're doing whatever, I would still caution you in doing certain things. Uh, however... It doesn't, it, you know, at that point, you, there's a little more leeway, kind of a gray area, if you will, because I've worked corporate jobs where uh, I've been in corporate America and, and several companies have said, hey, when you're not, even though you're not at work, you're still representing the company that you work for. Sure. Kind of a thing. And I think they do that because they freedom is you can't go out and purposely start talking. I'm, I'm going to bash this company that I'm working for. Well, if you're going to bash the company you're working for, why are you working for that company? Right. That ties in a little bit with, with this here. It's freedom of speech. He was calling out his superior officers and the way an incident was handled. And right and rightfully so, as he, as he should have been. But he could have could he have had his free speech and still call out his officers in a different manner let's let's dissect this for a second he was in uniform in his office on base not the smartest move right depending on why he did it but yeah that's depending on why he did it but but let's let's go i'm i'm looking at this john from a from a strictly a free speech kind of a deal so we know that yeah. if you're in uniform, we've explained to people that if you're in uniform, that you're you cannot be in uniform talking any type of political type of stuff because you're representing your brand. Now, had he been at home in his home office or in his backyard, uh, in civilian clothes, does that make it right? Arguable. Uh, yeah, I think it would be arguable depending on what you say exactly. What he, you know, right. But but I don't think I I would like to think that if he was at home in his civilian clothes in his backyard smoking a cigar or something like that, that we wouldn't be dealing with the with a uh, a court martial at at this point. Very possible. The other piece to that is he was a battalion commander at a school's command. He was a battalion commander at SOI, the School of Infantry. It definitely held to a higher standard right. uh, on everything. Right. So, um, uh, you know, and 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 that's <laughs> that. That's the the tricky thing. For, yeah. John and I, because we're both out of uniform at this point, we could go and, and you know we say free speech. You know, let me let me back up for a second here, John. What is free speech? Maybe we should tell the listeners what free speech is nowadays because those listeners that are listening right now they may think oh free speech that's that's an easy definition i don't I, think there's a yeah. universal definition of free speech anymore you know that's a really good question 
So I remember learning back in high school, I was taking some sort of a, you know, low level street law class. I think it might've been called street law, but I remember the discussion about, hey, you have freedom of speech and you can say what you think and pretty much say whatever you want, but you can't go into a crowded theater and scream fire because then you cause people to panic and people get injured. So that's the example that's always used. I mean, it's, it's a pretty good example of, of creating a real physical harm situation by utilizing speech and that not being, that's not something that you're really permitted to do based on free speech. So there's that extreme, um, but there's all sorts of shades of gray between that and 100% free speech. I, you know, I'll never forget seeing on the news, seeing like Ku Klux Klan members and stuff spouting all sorts of rhetoric uh, on, on news stories and uh, going, holy moly, how can they say that? But they can because it's that's well their right to free speech it, it, it is and maybe it meets a certain narrative depending on who the news outlets covering that story you're talking free speech what about these social media platforms nowadays you know recently facebook yeah. instagram and i don't know whatsapp or whatever it's called you know basically the stuff that's owned by mark zuckerberg that stuff had a big hiccup was shut down for quite a while and the world was a better place mm-hmm. for a solid eight hours right <laughs> and if, i couldn't help it <laughs> yeah. but if you but if you look at that or take the old twitter right ban ban former president trump uh yeah. on it because of stuff but they allow they allow people in the taliban and, and stuff like that so you is there really such a thing as free speech it all depends on whose definition of it is because it's certainly not universal it's certainly no it's not universal and i think you brought up a really good example actually with the corporate example of of hey you 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 work here therefore when you're off duty and you do something that uh brings great discredit upon the company we can fire you yeah and and certainly speech would, would be part of that. And they're a private company and they can pretty much do what they want when it comes to hiring and firing who they right who to, they want. Now, nowadays, it's right to work states everywhere you go. So they don't even have yeah. to give you an, uh, an explanation of firing you. So th- that way they can't, you can't turn around and sue them for wrongful f- termination. Right, right, exactly. And so carry that over into the, and I know it's a dicey subject and there's probably a lot of legal wrangling that is going to be happening here in the future, but Facebook, Twitter, all this, they're corporations. They just happen to be in the business of information flow. And, you know, I've often heard the argument that, well, they're a company, they're a corporation. They can pretty much do what they want with their own product, their own product, right? Counter argument to, to that is, well, some of these things have grown so large and so powerful that they can sway public opinion, uh, they can affect elections, they can um, effectively cut shut down on the ability for a group of people to 
communicate their ideas and they have done that yeah of course i think it gets real dicey when they start doing things like shutting down parlor you know all these all these big companies collude, colluded to shut down the one place that was trying not to be uh not to censor right uh and whatnot but it, it's a huge subject i think it's gonna end up getting getting solved either in the courts or through legislation i would be surprised if we didn't see breakups uh coming oh the breakups are coming i've been saying that for four years now and i, I can't wait to see these companies get broken up into smaller entities but that being said the free speech side of it sure you just it you know even with social media you you agree to be on their platforms so you can have a profile on their platforms. You still got certain rules and regulations that you have to meet. Now, whether or not they follow their own rules and regulations are completely irrelevant at this point. But you have to follow their rules because it's their platform, even though it's right. your page. So if you say something that they don't like, they can shut your account down. Absolutely. Yeah. Where's the free speech in that? That's not free speech. That's still very no, much. That's, I would agree with you. That that's not, but that's not free speech. So, yeah. Uh, so it, it really, there, there's no such thing as, as free speech anymore. In, in my opinion, yeah. we talk about, we live in the land of the free and, and, and we are, I, st I still think, Regardless of what is going on, and there are some just god-awful dumb shit going on, I said it, uh, we still are the greatest country in the world, and, and, hands down. Yeah. But the, I agree. But the stuff that we're doing, like, you, know, you, you look at this. You know, Joe Rogan said this uh, in, in a show. You know, you look at all of the countries in the world, we were the, we were the first to be a free country everybody else had everybody else had kings or rulers of some sort right we were the first country we were we were the experiment right and we've been doing it for hundreds and hundreds of years now yeah but for the last 10 years i'll say eight years last eight years i have said that we're starting to turn into a third world country and what I mean by that is the things that are starting to tear. Now, I'm slowly, since I put that in the universe back then, and I've been saying it all this time, now I'm trying to switch my mindset, hoping that that, right. will, that, that will shift. But if you look at the, the events and everything that's happened, we've lost the right for free speech. Or we haven't necessarily lost it. Let me rephrase that. You can have free speech. You can say what you want, but then I'm going to censor you. I'm going to log your account out uh, social uh, social media we're going to blacklist you we're going to think of whatever else you want to think of that, that ties into that right so john can say what he wants to say but if adam doesn't like what john's saying i'm going to mute his mic i'm going to shut down his accounts i'm going to censor him so even though he's on the world wide web with his videos and whatnot i'm going to mess up the algorithm so people not very many people can see what he is doing or what he's saying that shit yeah. is actually happening people and 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 it's happened to both of us it it it, it happens so free speech 
what what does it mean? Free speech was meant to mean that we can say whatever we want. We don't have to dis- we don't have to agree with each other, but we have the right to say what we want to say. If you got people, and this is this is going to rub me the wrong way, you get like these activists um, that were burning the cities down and they were yelling hate speech. No, nobody got in trouble for saying the hate speech stuff. Not not a single person got in trouble for you know f the police or this or that or or, or whatever else. That's listen. I'm all for back the blue. You know, sure. I'm not saying there's not some, you know, bad seeds in the group from time to time, but that's like with anything else. But but they're allowed to say that. But if I if somebody else says, you know, is pro Trump or pro back to blue or something like that, you get censored because that's insensitive. That's correct. Bullshit. That's a double standard. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. How do we fix this? John? Definitely a double standard. How, how, how do, how do, let me ask you this. How do we, how do we move forward as a country with free speech? This is one of the things, you know, the first amendment, right? Freedom of speech. How do we move forward with that? Not only between ourselves, but with corporate entities like, like the social media platforms and, and mainstream media. How do we move forward with free speech? First of all, I think there's got to be some sort of consensus in the country that free speech is free speech, you know, that we're actually going to have free speech. If the, so if the people don't believe it, then uh, it's not going to show up in corporate America. It's not going to show up in um, local towns, schools. So I think it's important, once again, you know, we, we constantly talk about, you know, educate, inspire, equip, and then act, Right. Uh, I think it's super important that that people understand why they believe that free speech is important and don't put up with the horse shit. Yeah. If, it, it, stand up for yourself. Don't just roll over. So that, and, and it, if people start to do that collectively and that movement gets bigger and bigger, and I think we are seeing some of it, um, Eventually, that will show up in local towns, and this is why local politics is so important and stuff, but it will show up in local town councils, it'll show up in education boards, it'll show up in state legislatures, in governorships, and and it will show up in the Congress, and it will show up in the Senate um, if people continue to vote what they believe and and don't stand for um, their speech being cooled. you know, hey, you can make the choice to stop using Facebook or Twitter or whoever is you, you think is is not upholding free speech. Uh, that's hard to do. It's hard to, you know, it's hard to get away from Google and, um, you know, Amazon and all these other large companies that have been borderline monopolized. Uh, well, yeah, 100%. Yeah, there's I don't think there's a whole lot of argument that they're if not monopolies, very, very close to being a monopoly and act as a cartel when it comes to politics. And then they collectively have a tremendous amount of ability to do good or do harm, depending on your point of view. Yeah, and and, and 
if your point of view doesn't match theirs, then you can most certainly recognize that you are, will be blacklisted, you will be censored, you will be shut down. I think another piece of moving forward is ensuring that the younger generation understands the value of free speech, understands that uh, they need to be able to withstand speech and ideas and th that they don't agree with that maybe challenges their mm. current beliefs. You've got to be comfortable in that environment. Yeah. Uh, you know, this whole safe space idea that's particularly coming out in, um, that was particularly hatched in university pretty recently yeah. is on its face ridiculous, but nevertheless, it is, it has been uh, latched onto with a religious fervor um, by students and faculty alike. And that's make, that's made its way into the larger uh, culture and it's made its way into our political organizations. It's made its way into the military. It, it's frust. I, I don't even know what to say. It's just it's frustrating to think free speech is being attacked, and it has been for a while. Yeah, it, it's been for a long time. Yeah, and, and in my own lifetime, I would say that I noticed started to notice a a reduction in my personal freedom of speech somewhere during the Clinton era, and I I guess that. I actually mispronounced that. I, I mispronounced era and said error, but it's kind of, that was sort of a Freudian slip, wasn't it? But uh, I thought it was, it was just a New England accent. That, and, you know. <laughs> that, yeah, I was just trying to uh, think about when it was that I really noticed that. And it was sometime, you know, sometime during the, while the Clinton presidency was going on. I remember that when political correctness was first introduced to me the whole idea of it. And I didn't think a lot of it. I thought it was just another dumb thing coming from, you know, the, uh, coming from the left. Uh, but it has, it has grown into woke culture and, and it is a serious threat uh, to the, it's a serious threat to the existence of the country now, but particularly when it comes to the freedom of speech, which like you said, has been severely curtailed. If you are, if you are, anyone who does not buy in 100% with the woke culture. Adam, when you've got um, Bill Maher complaining about, you know, the woke culture and the cancel culture and you know, shutting people down to it, doing uh, for, for their speech, I mean, you know, things have gone pretty far when yeah. Bill Maher, when you're agreeing with Bill Maher. Yeah. Uh, and I think you're, you know, you're, things you're, you're starting to see a lot of that, even with, other celebrities and stuff more and more celebrities are starting to come out and they're starting to question stuff and these are celebrities that supported the current administration as they were running for office and whatnot more and more people are coming out and be like wait a minute this this isn't right this isn't right isn't and you said yeah. bill maher who's just yeah. huge like I'm, I'm just not a fan of bill maher but the man right. makes a like lately i'm just like wait a minute what does he get hit in the head like he's he's waking up yeah. to everything that's going on right now, and he's starting. Like you said, if you start agreeing with Bill Maher, if you're a conservative and you start agreeing with Bill Maher, you know, one of two things happens: someone spiked your drink, or or stuff's actually happening where you're just like, "Hey, this is this isn't right. Something's not right here." 
You know? Yeah. I, but I think we're going to re, we're going to reach a point with free speech, and I think we're going to reach a point even with maybe even with vaccine mandates and things like that, where even people who are way out of the same spectrum politically are going to start to come together Listen, and realize that, hey, wait, this is a baseline we, where we actually are in agreement. I've, I've said this before on this, on this, during this series. We focus too much on the far left and the far right. And I think right. we could argue now that what's happening is that everybody that's in the mixing pot in the middle, the ones that don't necessarily agree on everything, but you have left and right in the middle here and you see that they're not too far off now they're really starting to connect and they're really starting to, it's the yeah. ones in the middle that are that are that are connecting and seeing hey these dipshits out here on the left and the right far left far right this isn't okay it's the majority of the population here in the middle that is seeing that and i, and I gotta tell you it that's a good thing but that's a very good thing that 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 part is happening, um, because I think I think changes will will start to happen. I also want to say this real quick before I lose my train of thought on it is study history. You know, we're talking about free speech. Study history. Study world history. Yeah. Show me another country that has had free yeah. speech. Or. Or look at what's happening to the United States now, and where can we pinpoint in history where a lot of these similar things were happening, and things were being taken away? Right. Study history, folks, because if you don't study history, yeah. it's 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 bound to repeat itself. And and right now, uh, I'll make the argument that we could easily say, easily say that we're seeing a a repeat of a certain time in our history a repeat of not only um not only the the strife that led up to the civil war but you know if you look out into the world um it's you know a lot of the ideas that are being put out there by administrative bureaucrats administration hats and and people associated with this current administration uh we're seeing things that are very very reminiscent of uh of something that's much more akin to a stalinist regime or a uh, or even the nazi regime which i'm not trying to be I'm not trying to be over overly dramatic with no, that. It, it's just that that's exactly terrible, that's what I was yeah. without saying it. That's exactly what I was saying, and that that that's yeah. what's happening. Uh, that's what's happening right now. And if we don't make changes, and here, here you know, John mentioned this earlier. Here's where it starts. It starts with you. It starts with mm -hmm. you getting involved in your local communities, your local politicians, and being out there and being a voice. If you think for one minute that your voice doesn't matter, you're wrong. That's what they want you to think. They want you to think that. Be out there and be yeah. a voice. Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Yeah. Go ahead. Alexander Solzhenitsyn uh, said, I, I believe the, the quotation goes, uh, it only takes one person to stop lying to bring down tyranny. Yeah. 
and you know we you could talk about what what all that means but it really does come down to to the individuals and, and how each individual decides to act the decision that they decide to make conversation they decide to have i'm going to end it with this so i'm i'm going to i'm going to say this i'm going to say this as we wrap up freedom of speech or free speech starts starts with you starts with you say what you want to say that's what i'm going to tell you I, i'm a firm believer of the first amendment i'm a firm believer of free speech i may not like what you have to say but damn it you have a right to say it period don't let anybody tell you don't let anybody tell you that, that you don't have that right because you because you do um get involved make the decision that's the name of the show decision hour Make the decision to get involved locally. That's all I have. John, what do you, what do you have to wrap up? Yeah, I just piggyback on that. Make the decision to have, have the conversation with your neighbor. Make the decision to, to you know, push back if, if, you're, you're not, uh, if you're not on board with, uh, you know, restrictions. Um, and, and make the decision get involved in your local community. Like you said, that's where, that's where the real difference is made. It's made with the individual and the individual acting in the world. Yeah. Listen, folks, that's all the time that we have, but before we let you go, you know, we got to give a shout out to our sponsors real quick. We got some veteran owned companies, John, what do you got, buddy? I got Semper Savage marinades and dressings. I'm telling you, it's the best stuff on the planet. It's all natural, extra virgin olive oil, herbs, spices. It's fabulous stuff. Go to www.sempersavage.com and get yourself. I can vouch for that. We've loved, the wife loves the Caesar. I, I love them all. Uh, quite frankly, but yeah, you guys, you guys got to check it out. They, they really are the best salad dressings and marinades, uh, on the planet. So go check that out. Also go check out our parent network heroes media group. Go check out all the shows, articles. And if you are listening and want to become part of the HMG family, hit us up over there at the website, heroesmediagroup.com. for John. I'm Adam till next time you've been listening to the decision hour.